Good morning, everyone, or maybe afternoon if you're listening after 12. Uh, my name is Earl Paveo. I'm Executive Director of Student Services and Support, and here with me is Ms. Carol Swanson. I am, good morning, or afternoon. I am the Associate Superintendent of Student Services and Support, and we're here today to talk to you about trauma-informed practices. Yeah, and uh, this is also exciting because today is podcast number one of a series that we will be putting out, just kind of re-emphasizing or continuing to emphasize the district's commitment to focusing on trauma as we come back fully from COVID-19, right? Last year, we were in a pandemic. We're just coming out of it. Um, Last year, we started coming back to school. This year, we're fully back. And um, this is a really timely uh, moment to be discussing trauma. And so, We got a series coming up. Today is really going to be day one to just start at the very top with uh, us talking about what is trauma and why would it be such an important focus for us. Um, We've done a a number of uh, trainings so far this year, and, you know, we really find that it's important for folks to have a more of a comprehensive understanding of trauma because it actually has a pretty negative connotation. A lot of folks really see pictures of hospital trauma, ICU rooms. Um, A lot of folks think of major devastating physical bodily harm that comes to folks. You think of ambulances. When you think of trauma, you think of some of these visuals kind of pop into your head. And I think it's important for us to be aware that trauma is not only um, descriptive of, you know, major medical physical situations that are extreme. Trauma is really about experiences that all kinds of experiences that people have at very different levels. So I just want to make sure I'm understanding. So when we're talking about trauma, many of us do think about the emergency room at the hospital, the trauma ward, car accidents, ambulance rides. But trauma is really not just about physical harm to your body. Trauma is also emotional. So unemployment, financial crisis, homelessness, domestic violence, substance abuse, just the tip of the iceberg of of things that happen to us in our lives that cause emotional harm that is trauma. Mm -hmm. Is that, is that, am I getting that definition correct? Things that happen to us, yes. Things that we observe can be traumatizing, right? You can be an observer of an event, of an interaction, and that could cause trauma. So yeah, I think this, you know, this initial discussion is just really about uh, our preconceived notion of what trauma is. And I think we want to make sure that as we leave this podcast, trauma is on a major continuum from the major life events like we talked about to observing Um, Other folks go through major life events that can traumatize you. Observing domestic violence, even if you aren't a part of it, right? If you're seeing it, if you're in proximity, that is definitely something that could be um, traumatizing. And, you know, we talk about illness can be traumatic. Well, whether it's you or somebody close to you. So then as we go through this podcast today, we'll talk a little bit more about the the traumatic effects of COVID, for example, on our staff and on our student, potentially on our staff, our Mm -hmm. student body, on our families, as they navigate the changes that have happened in our environment and in our world, as students are listening to parents talk at the dinner table, all of those things and how they impact us um, in our lives. And that's those are potentially, for some, very traumatic uh, situations. We were in a training just recently, and we acknowledged that over the last year, 
watching the news could be a traumatic experience, right? We have uh, experienced a bizarre, we've had a bizarre experience of every night we watch this death toll that keeps rising with COVID. Trauma has been impacted to a much more degree or trauma has been experienced, should we say. So yeah, but it's, it's definitely on a continuum and we're talking about it. Um, go ahead before I jump to our next slide. No, I, I just think it's really important to make the distinction because there is the the question of what is trauma mm -hmm. and why is trauma-informed practice, why is the district spending so much time and energy on trauma-informed practices? I mean, you started to talk about it earlier and it is a commitment for our district this year. And one of those commitments is that every staff person from the mm -hmm. superintendent to every individual staff person at the district at the school site is expected to be trained in trauma-informed practices which is a specific training so module one of trauma-informed mm -hmm. practices is the is the um, expectation because it is so incredibly important for all staff to understand trauma and what trauma is and how it impacts us you know both emotionally physically behaviorally um, at home and at work and in the community Mm -hmm. So moving away from the idea that trauma is about that accident mm -hmm. and the hospital room and trauma is really about addressing what could be an emotional crisis. Yeah. And that that's really where we're at right now is helping this podcast is about really understanding what is trauma, what is that emotional crisis that we are learning to deal with. So, um, you know, if we got back to the definition of trauma, um, trauma is an event that overwhelms an individual's coping strategies, causing extreme emotional, psychological distress. And I think that that's really important for us to be aware of, right? So adults, you know, we have learned how to take care of ourselves, most of us. We have ways of calming, we have ways of managing um, our stress. And, you know, if we go into, if we deal with stressful days or if we have emotional challenges or crisis, we know how to kind of help manage those things in terms of we take care of ourselves. We are into wellness, we're into going out and doing hobbies, we're into exercise and such. Trauma is something that actually overwhelms even all of those coping mechanisms, right? So even as adults, well-adjusted folks who know how to take care of themselves, if we experience a trauma event, uh, that lever we pull when we go to the gym and feel better, that doesn't even necessarily work anymore. These things that we do to take care of ourselves, those are our coping mechanisms. Those are our coping strategies. And trauma is really important to focus on it because when that occurs, we're not able to effectively take care of ourselves. And here we are having this conversation in a school district and schools are focused on not only staff, part of the conversation, but we have children here and we're, we're, we're training, we're instructing, we're educating, and our little ones, our younger ones, they don't have this strong awareness of how to take care of themselves. So we can imagine trauma has that much more of an impact on young people who really don't have well-established coping mechanisms. So really important for us to be focusing on this. Trauma really overwhelms the system and will send us into kind of a crisis event, right? Where we can't, where we struggle to manage. And that's where many of our kids are right now. You had said something to me last week. I thought it was a, um, I, in, in a single sentence, I thought it said it all. Trauma is a subjective response to an objective event. Yep. What did you mean by that? Explain that to people. I think that's really important. Well, an objective event is something that can be clearly broken down in two words, clearly measured, clearly described, clearly understood. So if there is a car wreck on the side of the street, we can discuss exactly what that looks like if the car's upside down, if there were some really scary things there, if there were police and, and 
uh, medical personnel all over the place. That is an objective event that we can describe. But if we stepped away from describing the objective event, put ourselves into the shoes of all those cars that are slowly passing by, each one of those cars are going to have a different experience because the folks in those cars have had different experiences with more or less uh, viewing of this kind of event. So you could have one car that rolls by and they haven't had a whole lot of experience with, um, you know, people being in a car accident. That's the objective event. They see it. Their subjective response is, wow, that looks like something I see on TV. And they keep moving along. The next car might drive along and mom and dad are in the front and kids are in the back. And perhaps that family just had some extended family have a major car accident. That second family that drove by could be extremely impacted and have that kind of re-triggering of that experience that they had in their family. So the car wreck is on the side of the road. That's the objective event. Everyone who views it has their own experience as they interact and pass by. Every one of our teachers and our staff on campus, whether they're teaching secretaries, our, our, our food services folks, they need to be aware that all of our kids are in a state that is much more complex than they've ever been in before, and they're not all at the same spot on that continuum because of that subjective response to what has occurred over the last year. Does that kind of? Yeah, it really, it really did. Thank you. And again, we got to keep asking ourselves, why is it important to be focusing on this as a district? If we know that there are all these complexities going on on the inside of our students, if we know emotionally and cognitively there's increased dysregulation and increased emotional distress due to the experiences they've had, if we're aware of that, then that should have an impact on the way we engage with our students, when the way we start our classroom up, and then when the way we correct students when, hey, this is what we're supposed to be doing, or when the way we observe even behavior when we see student A and student B engaging in some kind of interaction, our appreciation for how complex that interaction could be, or our appreciation for what's beneath what's going on, might help us to slow down a little bit might help us to be more curious as to why this interaction is happening. Because kids, are, they're growing and they're learning and they're um, making friends and they're making mistakes and they're trying to figure things out. And, you know, I think that at some point we want to move from that whole uh, self-talk because, you know, as, as educators, we watch. And as educators, many of us might think to yourself, well, why did you do that? I think that the idea is, is that when we study trauma, when we study its impact, really uh, acknowledge or understand that there could be um, a safety issue here. There could be some kind of um, issue that we need to ask more about. So we move from what's wrong with you? Why did you do that? To what has happened over time? So we stay curious about the student's experience, and that helps us to inform, uh, helps inform us as to like how we want to engage with them in more of a healthy. I guess, safe, empathetic, thoughtful kind of way. So I think this would be a really good time to talk about COVID specifically mm -hmm. and the emotional crisis some of our students and staff and families may be in as a result of COVID. It's really changing the, the thinking to, you know, COVID as a, a traumatic event for some people. And I, I want to talk or, ha or have you talk a little bit about what that what that means, what could that look like with COVID being something that might trigger trauma for some? Well, I would say that, you know, we, we, we all are very aware that COVID brought its own set of unique uh, circumstances, right? So families have dealt with uh, financial challenges and crisis. Families have dealt with unemployment before. Families have dealt with sickness before. But what is new is 
Um, we have a lot of a lot of friend, a lot, lot of a lot of students who've had friends and family that they have been kind of isolated from. And so there is trauma that can occur when a kid says to themselves, I'm afraid when my loved one who is sick must be isolated from me away from the home, right? So all of a sudden, not only are we dealing with sickness, but now COVID brought in this layer of isolation. And we have students with all kinds of internal fears about, I'm afraid of not being there for my loved one who's in the hospital, who's in a really scary place right now. We have a number of students who have had family members who have passed and they are you know, going through their homes, seeing memories or seeing features of the home that remind them of those family members that have passed under these conditions. You know, there are, there are students that we've always dealt with illness and, and a lot of these kind of traumatic events, but at this point, more students than ever have had to think to themselves, I think I'm afraid that I might get sick too. So these are all kinds of, um, these are a few of those unique features that COVID has brought on that kind of move into that conversation bubble of, the, uh, of, of trauma. Trauma is nothing new. COVID has been a huge exacerbating incident or uh, like I said, it's a pandemic that has really just made a lot of these things much more prevalent and complex. And we do have definitely some unique features with the fact that our whole community was closed down and we were isolated um, from not only the ones we love, but so many students isolated from their friends, which cuts off a whole aspect of their function because they're supposed to be at school engaging and learning and and that that didn't happen this last year and so this is information for us as educators to keep in mind when we're engaging with our students and I think that when we do this training when we really keep thinking through the lens of trauma I think that we're going to be more effective with empathetic engagement thoughtful approach and really this kind of knowledge should be giving us patience when we see behavior that we might otherwise think, hey, knock that off, and we kind of just sweep it off the table as opposed to appreciating that could be a lot more complicated. There could be something more to the story on why students are demonstrating the behaviors they're demonstrating. It's interesting to me thinking about the last 18 months as a, as a um, parent and watching my own child, who's this year a senior in high school, and, you know, I don't know that I can't recall her ever talking or expressing fears about death or dying or family members in the hospital, things like that, which, you know, you talked about, which is very, very real for some families. But I do think about the impact that the last 18 months Mm -hmm. had on my child and um, the emotional crisis that I observed myself with my child, you know, um, mood swings, horrible mood swings. depression, um, anxiety, really worrying about schoolwork, really worrying about how she's going to get through her classes, worried about the prom, mm-hmm. worried about, you know, not being able to have those experiences that, um, you know, typical juniors experience. She slept a lot. You know, there's a, just this excessive amount of sleep. And so those kind of things, what, 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 what was I observing with my child? You're observing what I would think to be the effects of trauma. You're observing um, a response to um, exceedingly stressful times that are overwhelming her ability to regulate. I, I think going to sleep is a is a prime example of trying to maybe kind of avoid and shut down, avoid those feelings and such. So I think that you're bringing up examples of what trauma responses could look like. You know, we could see in students other 
we could see loss of appetite, we're get, we could see attendance problems, we could see, like you said, lack of sleep. We can see increased agitation and physical aggression, um, work refusal. All of these examples are not new behaviors or new observations, but because of COVID and because of the trauma, it could shed, these, shed new light on these behaviors, right? And again, so when we see work refusal in the class, um, we might want to take a pause and think to ourselves that maybe this isn't just about a student wanting to make a choice and being defiant. They still can be reacting to their sense of uh, a lack of safety, which is a very diffuse feeling. I'm sure that sure they have. They probably couldn't tell you I don't feel safe, but they could be still coming off of a long season of not feeling well, not feeling settled. Their anxiety could be very high. There's nothing new about anxiety, but when we talk about COVID and impact, and then we see anxiety, we can't deny the fact that this year-long traumatic event is probably having impact, and we're seeing some of these behaviors occur. Behaviors that may historically look familiar, but we have new information now, which means we might need to respond differently. Um, like I said, I've said a few times, more thoughtful, a little more patient, stay curious as to what's going on with our kids. I think that's a great segue into why the district has such a strong focus on trauma-informed practices right now. We really are committed to helping our staff recognize what's underneath the behavior, the mm -hmm. reason, the why for student behavior, even the why for staff behavior and how staff react to certain events. Yep. So really the focus for us is to recognize what we're seeing and to respond appropriately to really have a focus on on connectivity and mm -hmm. a focus on safety um, in our and in and culture in our school sites and in our classrooms we are working with teachers to help build that toolkit mm -hmm. of very explicit strategies and support strategies to help support both themselves through staff wellness but also students through academic as well as social emotional learning mm -hmm. you know going forward like Earl said at the beginning this is a, a series and um, but if you're interested and you want more, if you want more information, if you go to the Natomas website to the Virtual Tutoring and Wellness Center, there is a staff training or sorry, a parent training available on trauma-informed practices. And also, if you go to Parent University, we'll be doing um, a workshop live. Uh, through Zoom, a Zoom live workshop through Parent University. We really want to work with parents, make sure parents and staff, we want them to be our partners as we um, get through this pandemic. And we're providing these resources to help you understand why we're doing what we're doing and what it all means for your child. I think that's, that's great. I think that kind of closes it up for today. We've been uh, talking about what is it and why is it important that we focus on it. Yeah, very excited to, uh, move forward with our next set of uh, podcasts. And I think that that's probably it for today. Well, thank you very much, Earl. Thank you very much, Carol. This podcast is a production of the Natomas Unified School District. You can find our podcast online in the Apple Store, Google Play Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and the Natomas Unified School District website at www.natomasunified.org. You can also locate our episodes on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for Natomas Unified.